0: Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show.
1: All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network's refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for December the 19th of the year of our Lord 2020. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America is our guide, and absolutely we're convinced. The checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. One of the great, peaceful, restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. And quickly, a recap of yesterday's show is in order. We talked about a Bloomberg group is now urging president-elect, they claim. I think it's a lie, but that's what they claim. Uh, Joe Biden to promote gun control by executive order. Executive orders, folks, are dangerous. I know folks have been applauding President Trump doing it, but ladies and gentlemen, when it's the other side of the coin, it's not so fun, huh? Executive orders were never the purvy of the president in the first place or privy of the president in the first place. So be very aware when you violate and cross uh, and dilute, if you will, the checks and balances that made our country great. Remember, the checks and balances are de- designed not to seek power, but to pull it down. All right, Salt Lake City has given out money to help people pay their rent. On one hand, shame on them. It's socialism on steroids. On the other hand, when the government literally shuts down your livelihood, constitutionally speaking, they've got to give you some uh, compensation for the abuse you're uh, undergoing. It's like if the, the federal government wants land uh, in a state for a specific designated constitutional purpose, that's possible, but the state has to agree, and Well, there has to be just compensation for the land. What about just compensation when you force businesses and people's livelihoods to flat out be shut down, huh? All right, shame on Mike Lee from Utah. He wants to recognize Joe Biden as president-elect. I will never accept Joe Biden as president-elect until we get the fraud problems resolved. The fraud is so in your face. It's out of control. Mitt Romney urges President Trump to move on. Shame on both of our senators in Utah. We also talked about the director of national intelligence, maybe Mike Lee and uh, whacked out Mitt Romney. Maybe they ought to listen to this. Director of national intelligence. They call him DNI, if you will. His name is John Ratcliffe. And he says there is foreign interference in the 2020 election. So if there is foreign influence and fraud, how do you want to just move on? Do you want to accept that in America? Uh, can we have any trust in the next elections if we accept that in America? So these people are crazy, and we need to stand every time, everywhere for honesty in elections. All right, a hack brings unwanted attention to an obscure but vital IT firm called Solar Winds. If you haven't heard of it, it's time to get caught up. It's a Texas-based software company providing vital computer network monitoring services to corporations. And government agencies. We're talking about Fortune 500 companies and government agencies. Okay. Now there was a hack on Solar Winds. This provided attackers access to listen to this: the Treasury Department, who the U.S. Commerce Department, and listen to the part they're not telling you. You ready? Dominion voting machines. Yeah, <laughs> Dominion voting systems used Solar Winds. So why in the mainstream press are they telling you that all these government agencies got hacked, but they don't mention the voting systems, huh? That's of serious concern if you ask my opinion. That was hour one of Liberty Roundtable Live yesterday. Still available at lovingliberty.net. Spread the word. Our guest, second hour, Jonathan Alexandra. He was senior counsel for governmental affairs with Liberty Council, lc.org, and lcaction, libertycouncilaction.org. And Jonathan was there live in Pennsylvania on the ground documenting vote fraud for the courts. Not so fast, he says, this is not over. Jonathan Alexandra in Pennsylvania, along with other lawyers, observing the contention or contentious vote counts. Jonathan's role is to prevent vote fraud and gather and save evidence for the courts. By witnessing the process, his goal is to save evidence for the courts so that they don't destroy it. Wow. Confirmed dead Americans voting by Jonathan. Yeah, dead Americans' um, names and everything else were used to vote. We also had our second guest on, Richard Mack, CSPOA.org. And we talked about the COVID-19 tyranny. Yeah. Imposed by health experts and lockdown officials along with the lamestream government and press. Well, yeah, the bottom line is, folks, they're abusing us still. Never mind the truth. We talked about uh, Anthony Fauci blames Americans and their independent spirits for the rise in the COVID. He urges families not to gather for Christmas or holidays. Yeah, I'm gathering with my family. How about you folks? We also talked about CNN says, don't be alarmed if people start dying after taking the vaccines. It has nothing to do with the vaccines. They're just old people. And they were going to die anyway, says CNN. What a disgrace. California judge rules San Diego strip clubs can stay open. I'm not really for strip clubs, but at least somebody can stay open for crying out loud. But if strip clubs can, can churches? Ooh, no, that'd be unacceptable, right? See, the double standards out of control, folks, and has to be stopped. CDC, that's the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, right? They now admit that hospitals count that heart attacks as COVID 19 deaths. So, ladies and gentlemen, you can't trust the numbers. You just can't trust anything they say or do. It's an absolute tragedy. Final tidbit of yesterday's recap is this. Richard Mack got the COVID. Got super sick from the COVID. Almost died, almost went to the hospital. Recovering fine now. But Richard Mack wants you to know, no matter how sick he got, and even if he would have died, he still believes the ability to gather as human beings. And the importance of protecting liberty and not losing our liberty over the COVID is still as vitally important as he's always said. See, what they told us is, well, you know what? You guys talk big about the cocoa, but if you, uh, you know, got it really bad and got sick and or died or someone close to you died, you'd change your tunes, you guys. Quit being so flippant. Richard Mack comes out of an incredible sickness from the COVID. Explains how, you know, it was coming out of both ends and he was sick and thought he was going to die for days. All right, couldn't breathe, everything else. Okay, but he comes back bolder than ever and says, hey, I double down. Do not trade your security. I'm sorry, your liberty for security. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. And so he stood as bold for liberty and for his, he is not changing his tune is the point. Well, I've now had a foster sister die because of the COVID. In the last four days, she died. Five days now, I guess. She died from the COVID. And I'm still singing the same tune as well. Look, you can't trade your liberties for security. It's not that it's not important. It's just that you'll wind up with neither. Warned the founders, and boy, howdy, are they spot on. Look, we cannot shut down society and destroy everything around us in the name of saving us from the COVID. It's a lie and will not work is the problem. Is the COVID serious? Yeah, in many cases, it is. Are there answers the government's not talking about to get over it? Yes, there are that's another problem it doesn't bring big money for the real answers but but i digress except to say we're not changing our tune we're bolder than ever about the reality of the COVID and the solutions there too all right without further ado that's a recap of yesterday's show still available on lovingliberty.net spread the word tell your neighbors our guest joins us now his name is eldon stall and he's the new field coordinator at the John Burns Society, JBS.org, their website. Eldon, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir.
2: Thanks, Sam. Thank you for having me.
1: Sorry for the long introduction. Sometimes it's important to recap some of those unique things that happen on the radio because people just don't hear them otherwise, Eldon.
2: That's right. That's right.
1: What do you think well, about it's... our attitudes on the COVID? I've had a family or you know, a close foster sister die because of the COVID. Richard Mack got super sick, felt like he was gonna die. Uh, and, and we're still singing the same tune. Look, we get it that it's bad. We get it that it can be a problem. We also get that you just can't lock down society and trade your liberty for uh, so-called security. You'll you'll just wind up with neither. Is the problem?
2: Yeah, I you know I have a, a friend of mine that uh, he passed away from COVID. There's only person I know personally that uh, that has actually died from it. Um, it's it's pretty rare. Still, uh, you know, if it's a 99.97 survival rate, you're talking about three people out of 10,000 that would die that actually uh, are, I guess, test positive. So that's a pretty small number. Or to put it into perspective, uh, you know, when the CDC, uh, what a month or two ago, they said, well, actually, only what it was it, six percent of the people that supposedly. Died from COVID in the United States actually died from COVID. The rest of them had comorbidities and other conditions, so that reduced it down to about about 10,000 people that actually died from COVID. So I, I ran the numbers. I looked at some other CDC statistics, and it uh, put it as a little bit more dangerous than dying from a poisonous snake bite. Uh, each year, approximately seven eight thousand people apparently die from poisonous snake bites, which is a terrible thing, right? But Uh, In the grand scheme of things, we're not totally overturning our society and forcing people to wear cowboy boots and, uh, you know, just avoid deserts or whatever it might be. Um, Of course, we're not doing that. That would be just, you know, ridiculous, right? But for some reason, uh, with COVID, we say, oh, well, you've got to just uh, close down your business and on and on and on,
1: right? Eldon Stahl, JBS with us, ladies and gentlemen. Just so you know, too, about 40,000 people die yearly on the freeway because we all go too fast. If you slowed everybody down from 70, 80 miles an hour and let only, let only people drive like 20, 25 miles per hour, you'd preserve a lot of life too. Do we accept those risks? Quick pause. Liberty Roundtable Live.
3: Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault...
1: All right, Sam Bushman, Eldon Stahl on your radio. JBS.org is what we're talking about and the tremendous efforts they have put in for literally decades for the sacred cause uh, of liberty. Yeah, so the the, uh, vaccine situation, the uh, COVID situation, it's all a tragedy, ladies and gentlemen. And what we really want is truth on this. What we really want is people to be honest. Okay, the death rate, Uh, is serious. People are dying. People do get sick. There's no doubt about it. It is real. We're not, you know, uh, what do you want to call it, COVID deniers or whatever else. However, we do want to put it in realistic perspective about what we can do regarding it, whether it be snake bites, whether it be the cold, the flu, whether it be driving too fast on the freeway. We need to put it in realistic perspective. If you take the freeway deaths and you take the alcohol poisoning deaths in America. Hey, those are serious. So, you know, you could prevent everybody from drinking alcohol and prevent everybody from driving fast. And a lot more people would stay alive. Uh, but I digress. That isn't the point. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, is you best not trade your liberty for security or you'll wind up with neither because the government can't make you secure. There is no policy on the planet, Eldon, uh, that can really mitigate the deaths, right? I mean, there's nothing they can do to really um reduce and guarantee they say the masks work but then we hear they don't they say that vaccines are the answer but now they're saying even after the vaccines oh you'll still have to social distance and you'll still have to wear a mask and you'll still have to still have to And now we hear that there's new strains of the COVID that the vaccines don't even cover so this yeah. won't end eldon
2: yeah i i agree it's uh really what's going on i think is kind of like uh you know those that are familiar with lord of the rings it's uh Right, you know, the only way you're going to get uh, the, the government to get get uh, rid of that ultimate that um, you know ultimate power is is going to have to be cut off that finger and uh, the ring falls off because uh, it's you know they they come up with endless excuses as to why they need more and more power over you. Um, I think one principle to remember is that uh, you know. One essential thing in, in liberty and in freedom is the ability to assess risk and to take risks, uh, take responsibility for the consequences. That's what you do when you invest. They say, how much risk are you comfortable with? Well, what if the government just said, well, we know what risk you should be comfortable with. And this is, you know, you should only invest in CDs or you should only invest in bonds or whatever it is, Right. Uh, that's part of freedom is being able to take risks and take responsibility for the consequences.
1: Now, a lot of people have believed that no matter how bad the COVID gets, hey, eventually it will disappear, we'll get through this thing. But now experts are saying this. They say the coronavirus will become endemic, meaning it will permanently exist in our population. You want to fly? Proof of vaccinations Please, it's time that policymakers owned up to an inconvenient truth, and that is this. Hey, their policies cannot save lives. They can only trade lives. And so in that discussion, Eldon becomes a big issue regarding now suicides and increased alcohol use and abuse in society and uh, all kinds of other uh, societal problems relating to the covid
2: yeah even if you go back to say the um, the spanish flu it, they they actually people were forced in certain localities to wear masks uh, under penalty of uh, fines and things like that and really it was kind of the uh, the local people's kind of grasping of straws uh, acting as if they knew what would mitigate the uh, situation and of course they did not And uh, now we're going back to uh, something that was tried over 100 years ago and did not work. But uh, it it just and really that Spanish flu is much, much, much worse than uh, what we're experiencing today with COVID. Uh, People are just but they're still kind of acting as if they know what will cure us. But uh, really, it's just it's just for show.
1: Really, the problem is that they want to derive power from this, and they want to remake society using this as their excuse. Uh, you know, I believe they all – there's some that don't realize this, but I really think the power-hungry folks do understand this, and they're not going to let a good crisis go to waste is the real problem.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, that's uh, that's really what's going on. It's difficult for many people to to recognize unless they've uh, looked at other other types of things, but uh, familiar with the uh, nature of mankind and the, uh, some basic history—that's uh, that's really uh, that's really what's going on here.
1: All right, it's a sad tragedy. Why do I bring it up? Because the same thing's happening with the elections, ladies and gentlemen. They know full well that they've got to team up climate change with COVID. With a new president, will take us in a different direction. That's really their goal as they promote their socialistic agendas, ladies and gentlemen. And so, um, you know, they, many uh, in our group are saying it's not over. What Trump and grassroots conservatives can do now, what can be done to rectify uh, the election situation that we're in? Eldon? Well, one thing that
2: uh, can, we can still work on of contacting, especially our U.S. senators, but also our U.S. House members, and ask them to raise objection on January 6th when the vote comes up as to uh, whether we should uh, certify electoral votes from certain states. And, we, of course, we know what states those would be. That would be Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin and Georgia. Um, Arizona wouldn't be a bad one to look at either, or Nevada. And, uh you know, that would take, uh, according to the rules, apparently that would be uh, at least one senator or one U.S. representative, uh, mm-hmm. and then they would be forced to debate that. Now, uh, I don't So really, how, just so everybody understands
1: yeah. what we're talking about, we're saying that, hey, the elections have all kinds of checks and balances, folks. First off, the popular vote happens. Secondly, they got the Electoral College. A lot of people don't understand, though, that when those are under contest, if you will, there is a third group and date that matters. The date is January 6th, 2021. Coming up here, um, let's see, how long away is it, basically? Um, 18 days away or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And and that date matters because Congress has the ability to either accept uh, those vote certifications by the states and the Electoral College votes, or they can contest them and force a debate regarding them. That's the point,
2: right? Yes, sir. Yep, they can do that. That's under uh, the Electoral College Act from 18 late 1800s. I don't recall exact year. here.
1: And the problem is that they're calling the election too early and saying, hey, you know what, President-elect Joe Biden, this, that, that, and the other. And Joe whacked out Grandpa Joe, promised in the debates that he would not try to claim victory before the process was complete that every i was dotted and every t or every t crossed every i was dotted etc he promised he would not but he lied and he is he's doing so because he's trying to get people emotionally invested in him being president uh etc but the truth is all it takes is what one member of the house and one member of the senate so two people out of 535 one in each body if you will has to say hey I got a problem with this and I'm contesting this, or I want to challenge, I want to debate. I don't accept it as it currently stands. And it goes up for question, right?
2: Yep. Yep, that's right. And therefore, they have to have uh, at least two hours of debate. And uh, it, they vote, a majority vote can um, overturn, I guess, the um, delegation, the, the uh, electoral votes from a certain state, and then they have to decide well. Uh, do we want to accept different ones or do we want to um, you know, just say we won't accept these? And then um, probably what would happen is Joe Biden would not have 270 votes, uh, the simple majority of electoral votes. And so the U.S. House would then decide on a vote by delegations rather than by each individual member. So let's slow slow
1: down then and be very clear about this. So when you say uh, that they can accept alternates, so uh, some states have put up alternate electors now to say, Mm -hmm. hey, we've got dual electors here, and if you don't accept the original ones, then we're going to put up the the people that are contesting their electors and throw that into question, and then we can debate each state's rules in terms of uh, how it will be, a winner-take-all, or what it will look like in a given state, and that will be up for debate. But what will also happen is then it will go to the House, and when you say it'll be delegates in the House will vote, uh, what, as far as I understand, each state gets, is it one or two?
2: Uh, just one vote for Each state gets
1: one vote for the delegation. So, again, now the whole populist side of things. Are out of the mix. This is where the smaller states can actually have their say. This is where flyover country can stop the, quote, inner-city democratic strongholds and populist centers from manipulating the vote, where we come back and say, wait a minute, Utah has as much power now as California, Texas, Florida, and New York, because it's one vote apiece. And it might just come down to a Mike Pence has to be the tiebreaker in that scenario. Now, people say, in the in the early days of this discussion, people said this was super far-fetched. Now they're saying this could probably be the way it's really going to go down, huh, Eldon? Yeah,
2: it's possible, yeah.
1: All right, let's talk about it when we come back. The details are interesting. You have a role to play, ladies and gentlemen. Even though you think you were voting in the populist vote and that we have a democracy, that's a lie. We have a constitutional republic, and there's a lot more roles for you to play in the checks and balances unfolding before your very eyes. Eldon, stall with me, JBS.org. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live.
0: Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA
4: Radio News. A second COVID vaccine could move a step closer to distribution today. A CDC panel meeting this morning to discuss approving the Moderna vaccine. Even if this vaccine gets final approval by the CDC, it will be a while before we see case numbers come down. University of Washington, Dr. Chris Murray on CNN.
5: And so we have, you know, many weeks ahead of these really high death numbers per day.
4: Dr. Murray expects 60,000 more deaths by April 1st. Some concerns about the vaccine after a nurse passed out this week after getting injected. Also, there were reports of some having allergic reactions. University of Washington, Dr. Vin Gupta on MSNBC trying to reassure skeptics.
6: I know there's concern, there's anxiety about... The vaccine, the process, which was very science-focused, it was rigorous, and it's a high-quality vaccine. It will save your life.
4: Gupta himself got the vaccine, and he says he feels great. President-elect Joe Biden expects to get the vaccine Monday. This is USA Radio News.
7: We've all heard it. Eat healthy. But what does eating healthy mean? Sure, there are countless diets out there, but they contradict each other. Yet all experts agree we should eat a diet rich in fruits and vegetables. Whole fruits and vegetables are the perfect fuel to power the cells in your body, giving you the stamina you need to handle your day-to-day activities. And that's what Balance of Nature is. Whole fruits and vegetables delivered to you in a convenient capsule form for only 22 cents a serving. Our proprietary blend has no additives or fillers, just the full nutritional value of a variety of 31 different fruits and vegetables. Balance of Nature provides you with a natural energy boost without a caffeine crash, a 3 o'clock slump, or an early bedtime. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself by going to balanceofnature.com or by calling 1-800-246-8751 and use discount code USA.
4: California Democratic Congressman Eric Swalwell remains on the House Intelligence Committee for now. The FBI yesterday briefing Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Republican Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy on Swalwell's ties to a woman believed to be a Chinese spy. After the meeting, McCarthy says it remains clear Swalwell needs to be removed from the committee. No comment from Pelosi. Lawmakers buying time and avoiding a shutdown. President Trump last night signs a bill funding the government for two more days. Debates will continue in the House and Senate this weekend on a COVID relief bill, one sticking point stimulus checks. Missouri Republican Senator Josh Hawley wants $1,200 relief checks, but Wisconsin Republican Senator Ron Johnson wants something smaller.
8: And certainly what the senator from Missouri is talking about in terms of these economic impact payments, no revisions at all, just spend another $275
4: billion. Democratic House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer says negotiations will continue today. He expects a vote Sunday afternoon. This is USA Radio News.
1: All right, Eldon Stahl riding shotgun with me, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're talking about America. He's a field coordinator for the John Birch Society, JBS.org, doing a phenomenal job. And we're talking about it's time that policymakers understand convenient truths. Their policies cannot save lives, they can only trade lives. Their policies can either embrace the supreme law of the land and strengthen the greatest economy, the greatest society, the greatest country on the face of the earth, or they can make policies that degrade and destroy the very things that our founding fathers bled and died and gave their fortunes to their sacred honors for. We're talking about it's not over, the election, ladies and gentlemen. What Trump and grassroots conservatives can do now, and what can be done to rectify the situation with the elections what we're talking about. Eldon is going through the details about the next, I don't know if I want to call it a deadline, but landmark in terms of the checks and balances required. As a president of the United States is selected and elected. And that is January the 6th. Congress has the opportunity to review and either double down in endorsement of the certification of the several states uh, with their electors and the electoral college vote as well. Is it acceptable or do they find a problem with it? Only one House member and only one senator have to challenge the results for all bets to be off. And if then they still have an issue where it can't be resolved after the debate and they reject the results, then it goes to the house of representatives where Mike Pence very well could be the deciding man as what the vote tiebreaker he'd have the tiebreaking vote in the house of representatives, Elden, right? Uh,
2: well, that's a, that's a good question. If you would actually have a vote in a, a joint session of, uh, of Congress on that. But, um, it would go to the delegations of the uh, of the House of Representatives. So, for example, in Utah, there are four, well, there would be four uh, Republican uh, representatives. Now, keeping in mind the timeline here, the new Congress is sworn in on the 3rd of January. On the 6th of January, they would consider electoral votes and whether to certify them. So this would actually be the newly elected Congress that would be action on this. And by the um, way,
1: don't let this miss you, ladies and gentlemen. This was designed by the founding fathers and, and understood going forward. It's been this way for a long time. And the idea would be, hey, let the new people decide how this goes down, right? Yeah. So let, uh, let the closest right. to the people's will be the case, if you will.
2: Yeah, and uh, previously, actually, it had been the lame duck Congress. That and actually, a lame duck Congress used to extend until March 3rd, I believe it was, until the 20th Amendment. Uh, now it is uh, in January, so this is, uh, you know, that's a that's a change from what it used to be. Uh, but uh, you know, you can imagine the lame duck Congress wouldn't have as much, um, I guess, willingness to abide by the will of the people than a newly elected.
1: <laughs> well, or maybe the lame duck would be more willing. Saying I don't have an interest in it. I'm out of here anyway, but I'm going to, uh, you know, do what's right. And the newly elected um, Congress yeah. might want to have an agenda. Right, so an for that. Maybe that change sure. isn't a good one either. Uh, you know, it's all about the checks and balances, though. Good and point. every time we turn around, the checks and balances seem to be uh, weakened uh, in, a, in America as well. So that's an interesting fact that I did not realize uh, that change. But nevertheless, the point is <laughs> I have a problem with the mainstream press and with elected officials and everybody else saying, hey, you know what? Joe Biden's already won this thing. It's over. If you respect the rule of law, it's not, sir.
2: Yeah, this is not over. It, it, it needs to work its way through the, uh, through the process to checks and balances. Uh, we're talking about the part of this is in the 12th amendment. Uh, so a good thing to read. Uh, also, uh, be familiar with the, um, uh, electoral college act and, uh, providing for rules for making objections, uh, on the electors. So, um, I, I think it would, well, supposedly now there's going to be with the new Congress 222 Democrats in the House of Representatives. Uh, so so far as entertaining objections, the Democrats still would have a slight majority.
1: So yeah, because you have to, have to have 218 for a majority, right?
2: Right, 218. So they you know four votes. That's a very small uh, margin in a, a body of 435 members. So even so, even if there were I guess you'd be, say five or five objector, um, objections uh, upheld within the Democratic Party, then uh, you could have, um, you know, uh, some of these electors thrown out, and then uh, then it would be decided by the House represented by delegation.
1: All right, very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. That's one choice. Another choice that others are talking about as President Trump by executive order and or by military tribunal can say, hey, there's vote fraud um, internationally or foreign intervention in our elections, uh, and therefore we can do something uh, about that. And so they're saying that's another way forward for President Trump as everybody looks for every possibility. Janet Porter was on with me um, recently talking about that very proposal as well. I have concerns about that proposal, though, because, you know, people are for this. I believe there is foreign uh, manipulation in our elections. So I think that's true. But I, I'm very fearful if you say to the president he can jettison Congress, jettison the courts, and uh, make this edict using a, a military tribunal as the commander-in-chief. If you're not very careful, you you allow the president to gain too much authority and power. Uh, you might say in Trump's case it would be good. Some would say that. Uh, but you got to remember, when that coin flips to Biden or whatever, then people are not going to be so excited to give that much power to the president. We need to be very careful about that, Eldon.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, that's that's kind of your. Uh you know, people say use the term "nuclear option" when talking about the filibuster and all that, but this would be the uh, the big nuclear option, right? <laughs> that would be kind of uh, you know, if you're talking about bringing in the military and running uh, elections again in in uh, various states, uh, that would be uh, that w- that would be pretty pretty major. It's kind of like the Civil War type, uh, in a sense, right? Occupying states until they uh, get in line. But Yeah, um, and
1: using, quote, ultimate authority, uh, ignoring the checks and balances uh, to get that done as well. I think that's um, very, very dangerous indeed. And yeah. the reason that I bring that up is because what people want to do is always build a better mousetrap. They don't want to rely on the system. And if the system comes back where Congress doesn't do what's right, then the checks and balances really expect the American people to say, hey, every two years we can replace the whole House. And every two years we can, app- we can replace a third of the Senate. And unless enough Americans get engaged in doing so, we're in trouble anyway. So I guess what I'm saying is I don't like to see those options. I like to see us learn how to make the system work and use the checks and balances that our founders gave us.
2: Yeah, certainly. That would be much more preferable. Uh, I, of course, there is a time for, um, you know, the founders back in the back in the day, they, they ham and hawed. They, they debated heavily uh, the idea of should they go to war? because if they knew the consequences of that uh, were very grave. But uh, you know, that's, that's something that uh, ultimately, of course, they, they decided that, yes, this is the time. Um, this, this would be something uh, kind of along that lines. but uh, I'm not sure. I, I kind of prefer, I would compare it to kind of what Pinochet did back in the uh, 70s of overthrowing the communists and uh, getting things back in order but uh you know there there were some consequences to that too <laughs> it wasn't, well, wasn't and, a pretty and, thing.
1: and pinochet didn't have the checks and balances that we have in america see one of the unique right um, american realities is that within the seeds of our proper rule of government are the way out of troubles such as these other countries don't have those checks and balances and solutions other countries don't have the ability to replace the whole house every two years, and the Senate, a third of it every every two years. Now, some would say, "Well, we got vote fraud, Sam. We can't do that." And my response is: If enough Americans demand truth on vote fraud, you don't need to go to the Supreme Court and trust nine justices to solve it, right? What you can do is you can you can literally say, "I want my vote count on my precinct level." Okay. Yeah. This this, is, this, this nation be... is divided into states and precincts, and I want a clear count by hand. At the precinct level, with vote watchers, counters on all sides, to make sure that we can certify by penalty of perjury our votes, and we need to do it at the precinct level. If we did that, we don't need the federal government, we don't need the states to even debate this discussion. We can demand that happen at the local precinct and our county level, and I believe that if enough Americans did that in all three thousand counties in the country, there's way more precincts than that. But we don't need the the, the robe thugs to decide this, Eldon.
2: Yeah. That's a very good point, uh, Sam. Uh, This comes down to us taking responsibility, personal responsibility, for the integrity of our vote, rather than uh, accepting all these uh, sophisticated people that come in and say, well, you know, Voting by mail is just fine. Oh, and by the way, uh, let's try voting by Internet and by you know all these. And let's these send our votes
1: to... around the world, to foreign nations, for tabulation. And let's do this and let's do that. We can yeah, jettison yeah. all that. So you can send it anywhere you want. But look, our precinct holds the official number. Uh, it is certified yeah. under the penalty of perjury for the certifying body. Under the uh, critical eye of all sides of the eye. You know what? You can have uh, many vote watchers. You can have whatever number you want. But at the end of the day, we're going to tell you what our number is. And if there's anything different people are going to prison all right we can solve this yep. if enough people get incensed is the point eldon Stahl with us ladies and gentlemen we're talking about what can we do there's a lot we can do never forget the checks and balances and the genius of the greatest country on the face of the earth
9: hi i'm patty wife of former congressman steve stockman After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine steve stockman has fought for you and america won't you join me now to fight for steve to help text fight to 444-999 text f-i-g-h-t to 444-999 or go to defendapatriot.com defendapatriot.com
8: being there with your child and being there for your child are two completely different things One denotes a simple presence, which is a start, but can also be accomplished by someone other than you.
4: Hey, can you help me with this algebra problem?
8: See, that sheep did a fine job of being there with the child, but it didn't do a very good job of being there for the child. Now listen to the difference an involved parent can make.
9: Hey, can you help me with this algebra problem? I'm not very good at algebra, but do you have any English questions? because I done real good in English. (laughs) Oh, Mom. Okay, let's take a look.
8: Okay, so the algebra problem didn't get solved, but something better happened. Mom was there for her child. And when you're really there, they'll know how much you care. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org.
1: What we need in America, ladies and gentlemen, is a creativity regarding and an acceptance of the appropriate checks and balances. The pure genius of America, ladies and gentlemen, is not only at stake, but is the seeds of solution therein, if you will. What I'm saying to you is we can take the vote out of the hands of the federal. We don't need the 9 robe thugs to decide any of this stuff. We don't need the president to declare a military tribunal or whatever the heck we're doing. Okay? I mean, I appreciate that Congress can revisit this and by all means let that process proceed. But individually, on a local level, we can say, you know what, we're not going to tolerate you folks sending our votes around the world. We're not going to tolerate your bogus, tabulated, corrupt machines that don't work and that are, that are engineered from you know, foreign communist nations to manipulate our votes. We're not doing that. Um, we're going to count ours by hand. We're going to certify it under a penalty of perjury. We're going to have vote watchers at the precinct level that demand accountability. And if enough Americans were incensed and demanded that, it would change overnight. Eldon,
2: yeah, it would. Uh, this would be something uh, we can change how our our voting is done very quickly uh, by organizing, taking action, and and demanding that we have actual, uh, you know checks and balances, as you would say, um, and, uh, things, things that are, are basic impediments to fraud. Uh, we know from, a, an, a, from an accounting standpoint, if you're an accountant, that uh, if, if you don't have basic procedures in place, that fraud will occur. Uh, of course, fraud always occurs, but uh, you
1: want to minimize that, I guess you would say. So same thing with voting. How many voters – Are in the average precinct? I don't know the answer, but it's a good question, right? Uh, That's a good question, yeah. Um, Because um, I believe that at that small of a level, you can get to where you almost know everybody. I mean, you can get to where you can literally have groups of people knocking on doors confirming votes. I mean, this isn't that big of a yeah. deal. I, I know it sounds like a big nation, 330 million people or whatever, and 150 million votes or whatever the numbers are. You know, they say 70 to 80 million per, for Biden and for Trump and whatever. So 150 million votes about. But I look at that and I go, but when you divide it into precinct, it's not as mammoth as it seems or sounds like. It's absolutely doable, sir.
2: Yeah, this reminds me of when we, we used to live in North Dakota. And North Dakota is, uh, I think, the only state that doesn't have voter registration. People say, like, well, how do you do that? How do you not have voter registration? Well, uh, you know, in many precincts in North Dakota, the town's so small, the town's are so small, somebody comes and votes, and they say, well, hi, Bob, how are you doing? Everybody knows everybody. So it's really not that big of a deal.
1: <laughs> All right, they say in, in many cases the average precinct is about 800 voters. Okay, well,
2: that's not that
1: many, is it? No, and I think that's the average precinct. That takes into account some of the big places, I might add, the real populist areas. Most precincts uh, in for most of us are probably, you know, two, three, four, five hundred, 500. Uh, and I think that's absolutely doable. If you had, you know, uh, 50 different volunteers that could, you know, verify the votes uh, and then you could, you know, all I'm telling you is it's doable, folks. It's not impossible to do what I'm saying. And you don't need to change um, – federal law. You don't need to change state law. You could just simply put guidelines in place that created transparency and accountability, uh, and and the precinct would be responsible for their local numbers. Uh, you could take it as a nonpartisan discussion and say, hey, you know what? We need to really work on this for accountability. This is not a, a preferential for anybody. This is a transparent accountability. The reason that I bring this up, and I'm so doubling down on the local side of things, and on the within the rule of law that we already have, using the checks and balances, and why I focus on that so much, Eldon, on this broadcast today, is because people are trying to go ballistic and say the president should do a military tribunal. We're going to have to have Congress this. We're going to have to have the courts that. There's no opportunities for a redress of grievance, so there's no solutions if all these, you know, things don't work. We're going to have to stick a fork in it. America will never have honest elections again. A Republican will never get elected again. You know, people are making all these. Um, in my opinion statements that don't have any basis in fact and in in fact destroy the confidence that people have in the greatest country on the face of the earth and now in light of vote fraud it would be pure folly to think we should have a constitutional convention especially at the federal level but people are talking about article five people are talking about seceding from the union people are talking about military tribunals i mean they're going off the rails sir
2: yeah you know the those that are familiar with the job versus Society, they know the the motto: "Less government, more responsibility, and with God's help, a better world." Uh, this is one of the instances where more personal responsibility, whether it comes to voting or what have you, uh, can really make a big difference. If we take responsibility for the tabulation, the counting of our votes, um, the integrity of the voting, then uh, this you know this doesn't happen. We don't have um, these big voting machines that send their information to who knows where, and then there's an algorithm that uh, changes it, or who knows what is going on, right? So there's there's uh, much to be said for taking responsibility, and uh, we've we've allowed we've delegated our responsibility for voting to the post office and who knows who else, uh, anyone other than the local people that are are voting and affected by the vote
1: that quote i think is brilliant less government more responsibility and with god's help a better world you got to like that and you got to think through what that really means folks
10: yeah it really it really is the yeah. answer
1: and that's what i'm advocating for right now is to say look if we all took more responsibilities in our precincts And more responsibility for our vote. Look, I'm going to do my level best to make sure that my vote is counted accurately and honestly. And I'm not going to depend on some rogue thug 2,000 miles away to determine that or miss the vote for me. That's not happening on my watch. And that's really what the JBS is all about, sir.
2: Yeah, uh, we see a similar thing. uh, If we talk about you mentioned the constitutional convention idea, Uh, people say, well, we should have a convention open up the Constitution for amendments because we have a lot of debt or something like that, or whatever, fill in the blank, right? The uh, vast majority of these excuses are things where really we're in the problem not because of some flaw in the Constitution, but because of our lack of taking responsibility for X, Y, Z. Uh, we're not in massive debt because of some flaw in the Constitution, for example. That's, that's not the fault of the Constitution. Nothing whatsoever in the Constitution says we have to spend just gobs and gobs of money for no reason.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is critical, and we bring this up because I don't want to see these nuclear options. I don't want to talk about seceding from the union. I don't want to talk about military tribunals. I don't want to talk about Article 5 con-cons. They're a con. Okay, we don't need to go such nuclear, such crazy, such—we don't need to go back to the Declaration of Independence and say we're calling off the whole, the whole thing here. We're, okay, we will do more damage, more injury— to the freest nation in the history of the world, than by other more moderate solutions. There are plenty of them. Electing your House members every two years is one that I gave an example of. All right? Uh, getting to the bottom of the vote fraud is another example uh, that I'm giving examples of. There are so many peaceful ways, like I say, separate from Pinochet and the examples there. We've got the seeds in our country for the solutions, Eldon. And that's really the the primary point that the John Birch Society understands Oh, so well. In fact, in the days of the 60s, in the communist era, the JBS was providing such great solutions that they had to kind of create a takeout plan against the JBS because they were so effective. This is what we need to restore, and people need to understand it was a sham then, the abuses the JBS took. But now through the the model of the JBS, we can take America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time, sir.
2: Yeah, definitely. We're all about education and taking action. Uh, Certainly, we need to take um, action. I I would say uh, not only contact your U.S. representatives, U.S. senator, but also your county commissioner, your uh, city council member. Have them draw up resolutions urging Congress to object to these states that uh, there's uh, very large questions as to the integrity of their vote. And, uh, you know, because it's going to take a massive amount of pressure to get uh, even four or five Democratic members of the U.S. House to say, you know what, we'll support these objections to these electors. But uh, it is possible. It's possible.
1: It's probable if enough people get engaged, it's beyond possible because it is one of the solutions at our fingertips. We need to activate if we want those solutions. But you know what? We also, uh, in my opinion, get doubled down on a single threat to the republic, which is right now elections and or the corona. And eventually with Joe Biden in place, it'll be climate change. Uh, but the reality is we face a lot of threats. And uh, one of them is the United Nations that we need to work on getting out of as well. Uh, there's a lot to focus on, sir.
2: Yeah, the United Nations, obviously, it's been around a long time now. Uh, but you know, when the when the John Birch Society started the campaign, let's get out of the United Nations back in 1962 is when that started. Uh, a lot of people said, well, the United Nations, they're the ones. Saving us from nuclear war. How can we get out of that, right? Uh, but now a lot of people understand that the United Nations is a big, big problem. And they're pushing for world socialism. They're pushing this great reset. Uh, they're they're just a, a, a big problem.
1: <laughs> the U.N. is a serious problem. And I think more people are understanding its sinister uh, intent. You know, when it came out. People thought it was going to be the savior, and we were under kind of a different time and, and different threats. But they always used the um, panic of the day to get us to trade our security uh, or our liberty for security. And the threats are different, but the principles are the same. And now I think more people are understanding uh, the shenanigans then. and Hopefully it will help people understand the shenanigans now. Hopefully they won't just, uh, like Lucy, you know, move the football and we won't get
0: it, right?
2: Yeah, I think we need to understand uh, the situation back uh, shortly after World War II. People had gone through basically hell for uh, five years and uh, endured all that, and they said, well, uh, anything has got to be better than this. Let's form a uh, supp- supposedly, uh, how it was sold, is uh, this organization that would stop us from having these worldwide conflicts and uh, killing off millions of people. So that sounded pretty appealing, but uh, really it was uh, designed to do something much different.
1: All right, I find this interesting on the tail end of the hour. We'll talk next hour a whole lot more about John Burt Society and education solutions. I know education seems to be a big topic under the COVID when people are at home and everything else. So we got answers and solutions for you. But to end this hour off, I got an email from Heritage Action that I want to bounce off you, Eldon. It's kind of a comical one. Okay. But it says this, because we're talking about all these big omnibus spending bills, right? We're about ready yep. to go ahead and renew the big spending package, and they delayed it for two days, and whatever they did or whatever else. But the Heritage Action Group emails me, and they say, omnibus spending bills are a lump of coal. <laughs> 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 and boy, howdy, is that the truth, right?
2: Yeah, we don't need any of those. Um We've, we've had so many of those uh, over the years. It's just uh, There's so much packed into there. Everybody wants to get their little uh, little tidbit put in there, right? And then they can come home and say, see, I brought home the bacon for our, our congressional district.
1: But the reason that I bring up that right now is because they literally pushed the vote off for two days with the funding of the government. They literally pushed it yeah. off for two days. But if you're not careful, the closer you get to Christmas... That's when they do all their damage and they send through these on spending bills that are just abusive uh, to the people. And this is an example where, you know, a lot of people believe we can't do anything about it. This is where you really need to double down and push your congressman or senator. Do not spend us into oblivion. If you do next election, we will vote you out. And these are some yeah, of the, the simple right. solutions that Americans don't take seriously enough. And if we did, the game could change, folks. All right. Eldon's with me next hour, too, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about education. Eldon Stahl is the field coordinator for my area for the John Birch Society, jbs.org, their website. Check it out. Get involved. There are solutions and there are groups making a tremendous difference in the Constitutional Republic. And Liberty Roundtable Live is here to bring them to your attention and help you get involved for solutions. God Save the Republic of the United States of America, Hour 1 in the can. Two coming
9: up.
0: Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show.
1: All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This is the broadcast for December the 19th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our two at two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Got a lot to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. Eldon Stahl with us, JBS.org. Hour two kicks off now, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So, Eldon, education is kind of one of the most interesting tidbits of the cocoa or the coronavirus scenario. Uh, people who never, ever, ever would consider homeschooling, uh, well, now you know what? They, they don't want to call it homeschool even though you're at home, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. isn't, it, isn't it interesting how they come up with all these clever ways you can do homework, you just can't do homeschool. You know what I'm talking about? You, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I find it so uh, incredibly comical. But people are rethinking education, and the general educational, um, I don't know what you want to call it, formal classroom that everybody has kind of felt like, hey, that you, you can't touch that, um, now that's completely blown up. And education is changing in some very positive, meaningful ways. I'm not saying I like uh, the COVID. I'm just saying a silver lining out of that is people are realizing that education can be done for a whole lot less money and a whole lot more effectively uh, than people had possibly realized. Even people who would never consider homeschooling are like, hey, this isn't too bad. In fact, I prefer this. Wow, the money savings and what my kids are able to learn and do and experience are tremendously different. And I mean, I could go on and on, Eldon. But that's kind of the starting point for the solution that you wanted to discuss today. Yeah,
2: I, I think uh, encourage your listeners to consider homeschooling, consider private schooling, rather than having your child, your grandchild, your niece, your nephew in the government schools. Uh, you know, this should be something that in a way should be obvious to those that are call themselves maybe uh, liberty-minded, constitutional, conservative, whatever you want to call yourself, uh, government doesn't do very well in many things that it touches, and education is not an exception. But uh, we could even go back to the uh, the Communist Manifesto. Marx specifically called for government schools. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's,
1: it's the tenth yeah. plank of the Communist Manifesto, is it not?
2: Yep. Yep, it's right in there, and uh, very similar wording is in many. State constitutions, unfortunately, to set up state schools, state K through twelve schools, and it's it's uh, right out of, right out of the thinking of communism, uh, unfortunately, but it is there. Ha- there was influence there that trans- transmitted to the state level at that time. So, uh, uh, it certainly, would encourage people to consider uh, homeschooling, private schooling. Uh, Nowadays, uh, it's very much more doable than it was in the past, and uh, we we have uh, Freedom Project Academy, which is one option. Uh, there's many options out there, but that's affiliated with the John Burke Society, FPEUSA.org, and you can go on there. It's a classical online. Um, it's non-denominational, but it's a kind of a, a you might say a, a Judeo-Christian approach to education, uh, in as so far as uh, philosophically. Um, and you can – it's it's full curriculum. You can go on at, at very high quality. Uh, take a look, and you'll see, I think, that something that is uh, maybe a good fit for your family. Uh, there's a lot of things out there, but this is a we found very well for our family works.
1: All right, well, so let's talk about it. FPEUSA.org, that stands for, um, what, FP, Freedom Project yeah. e Academy, right?
2: Well, <laughs> Academy. Originally, it was called Freedom Project Education. So they kept the domain or the, the website name, right? Um, but now it's they changed it to Freedom Project Academy. So FPA, I guess. But the website is FPE. So it's Freedom Project
1: USA.org. Education, and it is known as an Academy. And I bring yeah, that up because I think right. the history is important for people to understand, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes a little confusion, but. Well, when you understand the history, it's not really. It is an academy, but it's the Freedom Project Education uh, is what we're talking about. And, you know, the academy is a concept, uh, not necessarily a building is the point,
2: right? Oh, okay, yes. Yes, in that sense, very much so.
1: Right. So uh, I'm kind of bringing this up on purpose because I think the historical relevance is vital. I also think an understanding. We're not talking about a building. We're talking about Freedom Project Education. And they're considering an academy, an academy for what? Uh, kindergarten through 12th grade right
2: yes yep so it's a full it's not just a curriculum but it's actual school and uh you can uh in k through 12 of course you have to go uh or sorry k through five you have to go full-time but six through 12 you can go part-time if you want and uh, there's all kinds of classes you get in, in all the requirements you if anything your state would require, certainly Freedom Prize Academy would have that. You don't have to uh, reinvent the wheel there. Um, there's a list of books that uh, they recommend, uh, they, they require, right, for you to have for certain classes. Uh, so all of that, you order that in, of course, and then you register for your classes. near the tuition. Uh, there's tuition assistance for those that would uh, like to look into that. And uh, it's, it's something that you have... Well, like for our daughter, I'll give you an example. Um, Four days a week, two hours a day, live session with the teacher. Actual live. It's not recorded. It's live. And uh, with uh, 15 to 20 students, I would say. And then there's homework, of course, but it's not something terrible. Uh, Her public school counterparts are going from 8 to 3, right? Uh, She's there. She probably gets done around, eh, well, she starts at 9. She and then she has a two-hour session. That she probably gets done about one, two, maybe. She has a couple hours of homework at the fourth grade level, so not bad at all. Kindergarten, of course, is less homework, and the upper grades is more homework, right?
1: Yes, for sure. Now let's talk a little bit about what this means. We're talking about accredited education, right? That's the first thing people need to kind of know. If you wanna, right. if you want to transition from homeschool and you want some private school. Uh, support with curriculum and with live teachers and you want to kind of uh, support your education this gives the accreditation necessary and acts as a tremendous bridge and a support system uh, for those who want to homeschool but they say hey i need kind of a middle ground i need support for my children i need a curriculum i can't handle this all myself but i want to be actively involved and engaged this is kind of the sweet spot with accreditation is the point
2: yeah i think so my wife and i for example we both went to um uh, government schools, and uh, so we are very new to, to homeschooling. Uh, so having something where we didn't have to choose all the curriculum, all the uh, all the books, we didn't have to do all the grading plan, all the lessons, all of those things that is done uh, at the school. But we help out our child as a what they call a, a what a learning coach, I guess is the, the term they use. But uh, make sure she gets her assignments done, make sure they're turned in, uh, help her out as as needed, but uh, it's it's Yeah, it's kind of that middle spot uh, between kind of the traditional homeschooling and having your child in uh, um, you know another school. And it's much less expensive than, say, a brick-and-mortar school. Uh, if you checked out the local brick-and-mortar private schools, it's going to be significantly more, most likely, than what Freedom Project Academy is charging. So.
1: All right, so let's talk about this uh, plan and kind of break down how it works a little bit. So if you're in kindergarten through sixth grade, you need to go full-time. That's four days a week, a couple hours a day. Fridays are off. Is that right? Well, K through five, actually. Sixth oh, K grade. through five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then sixth five. grade through 12th grade, uh, you could, you have options. But it's full-time, and yeah. full-time means Monday through Thursday. Uh, and Fridays are off. We can get to Fridays in just a minute. But then in high school and or you know sixth grade up, you have two options. You can go full-time or you can do the part-time plan, right? Right. Right.
2: Yeah. So some people, they take classes with their local schools, you know, whatever they want to do. That's, you know, up to them, whatever they want to do.
1: And some people uh, just want some core subjects is kind of the key there as well. Right.
2: Right. Right. Some
1: people do work experience. Some people do all kind of other curriculum options. Uh, In addition to that, the point is it becomes very customizable uh, from sixth to 12th grade uh, if you choose the part-time options. Even the full-time options, though, you can still do quite a bit of customization because full-time means uh, Monday through Thursday, but it doesn't mean uh, that it's going to waste your whole day like a government school plan would, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. One of the things people, I think, uh, learn, and this goes through uh, all kinds of homeschooling, is that once they start doing it, they find out that they start wondering, well, what exactly are my kids doing?
1: Getting indoctrinated into socialism (laughs) and wasting time is what they're doing.
2: We got done by noon. What are they? Yeah, exactly.
1: They got all uh, kinds of breaks. They got lunch. They got you know all kinds of social time. They got you know teachers that that don't really understand how to teach, so they just try to find ways to fill time. It goes on and on and on. And people are starting to realize that reality, if you will.
2: Yeah, there's all these little things that just kind of add up, and and then you find out that they, well, uh, a, a little. You know a lot of bricks make a make a wall I guess and that's kind of how it is there's a lot of little things with the government schools that, that are kind of taking away your control eating out your time on and on where uh, it makes a big difference over the years
1: Let me give an example I just see one headline that says this public school forces kids to sit through sex change seminar that kind of stuff sir <laughs> yes yes no, one okay. of many right it, it's it's out of control but ladies and gentlemen there is and you need to be aware of this, there is a mass exodus from public schools, and it's literally accelerating is the point. Um, Alex Newman, our good buddy of the Newman Report, breaks this down uh, in detail. When we get back with Eldon, I want to cover more of the cost of this, some of the details of how it works. It is tremendous in its educational opportunities and the solutions that it provides for Americans who want to jettison the indoctrination programs of the mainstream and who really need support this is one of the great answers at your fingertips you probably knew nothing about what is it uh, fpe right yes sir fpeusa.org hang tight
11: as you all know roe versus wade has resulted in some of the most permissive abortion laws anywhere in the world for example in the united states It's one of only seven countries to allow elective late-term abortions, along with China, North Korea, and others. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month. It is wrong. It has to change. Americans are more and more pro-life. You see that all the time. In fact, only 12% of Americans support abortion on demand at any time. Under my administration, we will always defend the very first right in the Declaration of Independence, and that is the right to life.
12: As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's advanced distance education program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org.
0: Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about FPE, Freedom
1: Project Education. It's known as an academy, but the academy is not a building. It's anywhere you are. Distance learning at its best, ladies and gentlemen, fpeusa.org. It is an affiliate of the John Birch Society, and it is an incredible opportunity for you and your family, folks. I mean, this is serious. You want solutions, this is Liberty Roundtable Live Solutions Radio. That's why we're bringing it to your attention. This is an educational opportunity like you have never known before. All right? Mass exit of public schools accelerates. What is the Freedom Project Academy, you ask? All right? FPEUSA.org. Now, here's what it says. Freedom Project Academy is committed to changing culture. And restoring the nation through classic, classical education, right? Teaching Judeo-Christian values. I believe that will save our country, Eldon.
2: Yeah, certainly. Uh, We've seen, of course, over the years, uh, your your, uh, listeners are very aware that uh, there's a constituency coming to critical mass that supports people like Bernie Sanders. That should be very concerning for people. I hope it is, right? And we know that much of this is due to the decades and decades of teaching people to be uh, receptive to the idea of Marxism, socialism, uh, all kinds of collectivism. Um, That's come from the government schools. Should we continue that and uh, push our country into kind of the abyss, or should we change course? We're at a really decision point at this point in our
1: nation. All right, I want to get into the nuts and bolts of this. Uh, if you're a student, um, kindergarten through fifth grade, it's what, $2,400 a year? Right, right. That's for it. For time. And you meet four days a week, folks. Now listen to this, on the fifth day Fridays, you can either be free to do whatever you want, or you can sign up for their tutoring program and get support on the tutoring day, if you will. And that costs a little bit more money, but again, you have literally live tutors that are experts, that believe in Judeo-Christian values, that are at the helm on Fridays to give you support for the other four days a week. In my opinion, that's one of the most brilliant plans uh, there is because now you're getting this extra support if your students need it. Uh, But if you don't need it, you're off on Fridays to do homework, to have three-day weekends, to travel with your family. Um, This is the way education ought to be, sir. Yeah,
2: we've taken advantage of that, uh, you know, the flexibility. Every once in a while, our family's on the road. And we're able to do things in a hotel and get school done, and it, it works just fine. And uh, for those that want tutoring, great, uh, they can they can do that. But uh, you know, it, two hours a, a day for four days a week, live with the teacher, and then you have uh, some homework. Uh, you notice that uh, you save save quite a bit of time for one thing, but uh, it's it, the quality of the education is so much better. I, I'm learning with. Our daughter, as she goes through history, through science, through uh, all, all kinds of things, I'm surprised she's already she's already doing uh, uh, what, what what is it? Kind of introduction to algebra right now, <laughs> fourth grade. It's it is great.
1: incredible what kids can learn and how fast they soak up knowledge. In addition to all that we've mentioned, the Freedom Project Academy offers a needs based tuition assistance program to assist families. Who demonstrate a financial need? Now you got to be in the four uh, day a week classes to qualify for that. Uh, there's some other guidelines. I can't get into the details, but I'm just telling you that's even available for folks who need it. The Freedom Project Academy has partnered with um, what do they call this thing? Facts, F A C T S, mm-hmm. um, and that way they help kind of with the tuition assistance, etc. I mean, this is all a, an accredited solution and they've been at it for what more than 10 years now
2: yeah this is the 10th uh, school
1: year that's tremendous all right let's talk about if yeah. you're uh, so kindergarten through fifth grade four days a week $2,400 per year how does it look for the sixth grade to 12th grade folks
2: gee i uh it depends on how many days a week the class is it's per class or you can go full-time i think i don't um, have to click no, it's okay. There. So there's two <laughs> classes.
1: And this is yeah. interesting. If you do the two class thing, it's five hundred and fifty dollars per class.
2: Five fifty. Okay.
1: And then uh, that's two classes a week plan. And the sixth through twelfth plan, if you do the four days a week, is six hundred and seventy five dollars per class. So explain what that means. When you say six seventy five per class, is that monthly? Is that for the whole time? Uh that's
2: that's for the whole year. Yeah. So uh, you know the class the classes go through the year, but it's just some of the classes. Once you get up into the sixth through twelfth grade level, some of them are say Monday, Wednesday only, or Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, and the ones that are four days a week would be Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And uh, they're not necessarily a two-hour class. Some of them are only 50 minutes, right? So it's uh, some of them are shorter. Uh, so it's it's different than at the grade school level k through five where you have just all right so it's it's
1: 550 if it's a two-day class yeah and it's 675 if it's a four-day class and then what do i do i just total up how many classes i need and that's my number
2: yeah if you if you're part-time now of course if you get full-time then it's uh it's a little bit a little bit different but Uh, that would be something to to talk with the people about, give them a call.
1: Yeah, the reason I Uh, want to spend a little bit of time on it, and and again, everybody's situation is going to be different, especially when you get into the upper grades and things. But the reason I highlight this like I do is because, look, you're talking about $200 a month year-round for a kid with all the curriculum and all the support four days a week for your kid. Um, You know, very, very, very affordable. And even when you get into the upper grades, it becomes affordable. If I come back and say I'm going to take – you know five classes or whatever else hey i'm in the you know two, two three four thousand dollar range uh, per student depending on um compared to many 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 other schools way less expensive uh, accredited judea christian based uh, i mean this is serious business here folks
2: yeah it's it's something that is very much uh, doable for for many families and of course the tuition assistance of course it's so uh, as funds are available but the you know if you fall into certain categories of income, uh, you know that's, that's something that uh, probably would be something to, to look at, right?
1: Yeah, um, Now the other thing that's interesting is they have a technology section where, hey, the technology needed or whatever you can review here. They can help you get the technology that you need. Uh, you can get it on your own. I mean they're very flexible, but that support is there is the point. And I think that's what people need today now is they're saying, I don't want to go into the indoctrination center again. I don't know that I can handle it all by myself. But where's the middle ground? This is it is the point.
2: Yeah, they really walk you through how to, uh, you know, what level of technology you need and all that. And uh, even for the people that are, uh, you know, they don't know what a Internet browser is or whatever.
1: <laughs> you know, they
2: they walk you through that. And what is a headset or whatever? That's very nice. All
1: right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And you said your kid was in algebra in fourth grade?
2: Well, kind of an introduction to algebra in their math. They're getting inter- introduced into half, you know, solve for N or solve for X and all that. And uh, so it, it's kind of a, I don't know, surprising to see. But uh, what they do. It's
1: only uh, surprising to see for folks like us, the, the German education system. Yeah, okay? right, right. It's not surprising for people that have been homeschooled into a private school. They're like, yeah, so. And we're yeah, like, after. what? <laughs> Isn't that really right. the truth?
2: Yeah, it could, Yeah, it is. Well, they say that uh you know they do these uh ex- I don't know ex- exams assessments for people that are wanting to go into Freedom Project Academy and on average the ones coming from government school are about uh test about 2 years behind what uh it would be in FPA. So, uh, you know, sometimes people get upset about that, but they have to choose who to get upset at. <laughs> so, that's kind of a an interesting co- conversation to have but it's good to have you know to know where where exactly your child is
1: well and what people need to understand too is it's not a debate of where you are and this is the problem that the government schools have created in terms of grades and what grade are you in and you know i I understand why these other schools kind of parallel that because they have to otherwise people just their minds kind of melt down and they can't even understand Uh, but the problem with the grades are is it's not about i'm in 12th grade i'm done it's about what you know right and what you right, don't know and, and the goal is not to highlight what you don't know but the goal is to find out what you don't know because we can help you know
2: yeah that's a very good point uh it's uh, really grading is a an artificial thing that uh you know has come out of the idea of schooling which schooling means everybody does the same thing that's a very collectivist socialist type of mentality and uh, of course we've had the government school program for what 170 years, 150 years, depending on how you how you measure it, and uh, you know nobody knows any different really. We've we've all fought in those those types of concepts.
1: All right. Anyway, we wanted to spend some time on it. You have your kids in it. How many children do you have in it now, Eldon? Oh, uh, we have one. Uh, so far. All right, one daughter so far in the program. Yep. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is a solution. FPE stands for Freedom Project Education fpe.usa i'm sorry fpeusa.org for the Freedom Project Academy
0: your daily liberty newswire you're listening to liberty news radio S.A.
4: Radio News. COVID relief talks continue today in Washington. President Trump last night signs a bill funding the government for two more days. This buys lawmakers time to iron out differences over how big stimulus checks should be. House leaders hoping for a vote Sunday afternoon. House leaders briefed on California Democratic Congressman Eric Swalwell's ties to a suspected Chinese spy. Swalwell, a member of the House Intelligence Committee. Republican minority leader Kevin McCarthy, part of the FBI briefing yesterday.
11: It only raised more questions. And the one thing that was fundamentally answered, he should not be on intel.
4: House Speaker Nancy Pelosi also part of the briefing. No comment from her yesterday. Democrats appear to be falling behind in the Georgia Senate runoffs. Polls released yesterday show both Republicans winning. David Perdue is up two points over John Ossoff. Kelly Loeffler is up six points on Raphael Warnock. There's still over two weeks to go before Election Day. Already over a million votes cast. This is USA Radio News.
10: For over three years, you've heard me rave about the My Pillow Premium Pillow from Mike Lindell. You've heard how they don't go flat. You can wash them and dry them. They maintain their shape and they are made in the USA. Well, now you can get the best deal ever on a My Pillow Premium Pillow, the ones that started it all. You can get a standard or queen size premium My Pillow for $29.98. That's a $40 savings, and king size pillows are only $5 more. This is the time to buy because that 60-day money-back guarantee is now extended to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio offer square, use my promo code USA. There you'll find this special and savings deep discounts on all the MyPillow products. But only if you go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio offer square and use my promo code USA. Or call 1-800-951-8175. Tell them you want the USA radio special on MyPillow Premium Pillows.
4: While COVID relief is in sight thanks to the vaccine, it will be a while before we see case numbers come down. Models show about 17% of Americans have been infected. University of Washington Dr. Chris Murray tells CNN, though, it's hard to know just how many people are infected.
5: There's a lot of asymptomatic cases out there. It's why uh, it's really so important for people to be careful. It's not just the people who've been, that have tested mm-hmm. positive.
4: Dr. Murray says it's very important that we be careful for the next six to eight weeks. Meanwhile, doctors in California report patients are offering to make large contributions to hospitals in order to get the COVID vaccine quicker. One doctor tells CNN one patient offered $25,000. The doctor says he declined. Others, meanwhile, are concerned about getting the COVID vaccine. Louisiana Republican Senator John Kennedy addressing those concerns on Fox News
5: some of my people back home have called me and said uh, we're scared to take the shot because we don't know what's in it and i tell them i ask them do you eat hot dogs you don't know what's in a hot dog either
4: kennedy has received the vaccine and reported no problems this is usa radio news
0: begging politicians bureaucrats and educrats and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land The Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable.
1: The reason I think these educational opportunities are so important, ladies and gentlemen, this is a slightly different discussion, but it absolutely relates. Headline says this from the mainstream press, USA Today. Student debt record, $29,200. About two in three members of the class of 2018 graduated a little deeper in debt than the classes before them did. Last year's graduates with a bachelor's degree um, averaged about $29,200 in student loan debt. Now, that's massive. That's a record in the United States, ladies and gentlemen, a record high. That's about a 2% increase from the class of 2017 whose average graduation debt was 28600 and whatever dollars. According to a new report put out by the Institute for College Access and Success, the growth of student loan debt has slowed, but the Institute said that college affordability remains an urgent concern. All right. Anyway, it just goes on and on and on. The story's big and long, and I don't want to cover all of it, except to say this. Hey, we got a serious problem with education. And you say, well, Sam, wait a minute. You were just talking about, you know, K through 12th grade. Now you're talking about college. I know. But, folks, you want to have success. We've got to reform education all the way through. And there's been a lot of good people who have done a lot of K through 12th stuff. But there's now people that are working on college, too, and justly so, because that number's out of control and not sustainable, especially in the COVID when you get out and can't get a job, can't go to work, can't, 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 because your government says you can't, right? This is serious business, folks. But let me tell you this, something you should really know about uh, this um, project, Freedom Project Academy, Freedom Project Education, FPEUSA.org. Right? Now listen up, because it's important. They say this about the Freedom Project Academy. Offers a fully accredited, common core free, classical education for kindergarten through high school. Now when we say classical education, folks, this is awesome. This is incredible. When we say common core free, what it means is we're jettisoning the indoctrination camps. And we're making a bold stand about what we believe education to truly be. Uh, It isn't just whatever they want to jam down your kid's throat. It isn't about whatever indoctrination they want to push into your mind so you can spew it out on a test and then forget it and hate education forevermore. We're talking about classical education. We're talking about education that gives you the bug for learning for the rest of your life, that gives you the idea that, hey, you know what, learning isn't about giving me a a set of opinions disguised as facts, propaganda. It's about teaching me how to think. It's about helping me understand. And so when we jettison common core, we're not debating uh, how many trees are in a forest so that we can tell you that we got to plant trees and take an environmental manipulated opinion stance for global warming. We're talking about learning how to do real math for real reasons and teaching people to think. This jettison of common core bold statement is critical. Eldon.
2: Yeah, you know they feel so strongly about getting rid of Common Core stuff, and uh, one of the things they've had trouble with is even the Saxon math. So your listeners are familiar with Saxon math, hopefully. Uh, very solid historically. They've gone over to their their new editions over to Common Core. So what we use now is uh, basically PDFs of the old editions of Saxon math. <laughs> uh, and and you now Freedom Project Academy, they they have created their own Common Core free uh, math curriculum for K through three, and they're working on upper levels. But now uh, that's what you know. But they feel so strong about it because uh, pretty much all the the publishers are going to Common Core, but since there's a there's actually become a demand for non Common Core stuff because so many are going to Common
1: Core people need to understand common core isn't just a new way to do things okay people need to understand this it is a fundamental shift it is rearranging the fair the affairs of education entirely and it has different goals and a different underpinning than the education we've been used to literally for centuries okay this is something to understand uh they call it new new math it isn't really about math it's about making people feel good It isn't about, okay, they've changed the affairs of what education uh, is and does. Instead of teaching you how to think, they teach you what to think in the Common Core Curriculum. Now, it was guised by your government to say, oh, it's not the federal government. The states put together this. Don't worry. It's not federally government uh, mandated or or, or, or for, it's the states. Don't worry. It's okay. But in that, they lied and they partnered and they doubled down with this, not teaching people what to think uh, I'm sorry, not how to think, but what to think. That, that's really what the shift uh, amounts to. And that's why Common Core is so concerning to us who believe in a classical, a traditional education, Eldon.
2: Yeah, Common Core has been uh, really a, a backdoor approach to trying to get everybody learning the same thing at the same time. And, and that's how they market it, uh, which sounds appealing to many people. But at the same time, who is choosing that curriculum? Well, if you look into Common Core, you've got a Bill Gates behind that, and oh, what just happens to be Bill Gates is one of the guys pushing this vaccine for COVID too, right? <laughs> so you start to see a lot of the same people, and uh, it, it's it's interesting how how that's uh, materialized. It's uh, just a just a you know training people for I would what we call the, the new world order to accept all these things as, as normal. Like, we've got to have government just making all the decisions for our lives.
1: Well, listen to this. Next headline says this. Virginia's highest government-paid employees are in higher education. Recently released government data reveals that college officials are among the highest public-paid employees in the state of Virginia. 80% 80% of the top state earners work at universities or college level. That's according to data published by the Richmond Times. That's Richmond, Virginia Times Dispatch. And um, hmm. you look at that and you go, uh, uh, no wonder all these students are in massive debt, right? You kind of go, oh, okay. Now I know why. But don't you hear most education folks in the public sector running around poor-mouthing it everywhere going, oh, by golly, I know I only work three-quarters of the year, but, oh, this is horrible, and they get big old sabbaticals and all this stuff, and they're, like, poor-mouthing it everywhere?
2: Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) – I just read a book the other day, uh, The Everyday Millionaire. It's a real good book, but – well, it points out, you know, what are the professions that are um, most likely be millionaires? And teachers was among them, which was, should be shocking, you know, considering all the rhetoric that we get from the teachers' unions. They, oh, teachers, you just scrape them by, and they're, they're just, uh, you know, well, how exactly do they become millionaires compared, you know, more than the average profession? Uh, now, I, I'm not, I don't want badmouth teachers, but at the same time, our – are their uh, levels of uh, poverty, so to speak, being uh, exaggerated a little bit, perhaps? you know, Maybe it's a little better than uh, than they projected to be.
1: Well, I'm not here to attack anybody, but I am here to highlight the truth. And I am here to simply say, when you run around and act like you're all poor and you're getting abused, and I find out, ladies and gentlemen, that you only work three quarters a year because you get the summers off, different from the rest of everybody else in society, and then you run around and and say oh hey you know what we're some of the top paid folks in the state i kind of go hey there's a disconnect somewhere now if a teacher wants to come back to me and say well that's just the top brass and we're all getting the shaft then why don't you get on the radio with me and expose that fraud and let's change it okay if you got a top-down design where the average teacher's not getting a fair shake and all the bosses are getting all the cash and running around letting everybody poor mouth it while you're not getting your fair shake let's discuss it openly But this is the point where we need to change educational reality, and we need to do it fast because it's just not sustainable for these children to have a $29,000 debt when you get out of college. You know how long that's going to take to pay off, Eldon?
2: I don't, but a long time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it depends on how aggressive you are and how disciplined you are and all that (laughs) stuff. Um, We don't have a direct answer, but we know this. It isn't cheap. By the time you, you know, get a car now, which is becoming so expensive, it's hard to get a car without a loan. By the time you yep. get a student um, loan, by the time you get a house, by the time you, they're making it to where you, it's almost impossible to succeed.
2: Well, you start off certainly uh, kind of uh, in in a hole, so so to speak, uh, coming out of college for so many of these folks. And uh, the difficult thing, as well, at the college level is. That, yeah, there are degrees that are very valuable, that are in- income-producing, but there are other degrees that, uh, you, you know, you might as well just not have a degree. Or, they you know, they just happy that you got through college, but they don't really care what degree you got in uh, gender studies or what have you, right? It's an easy one to quote. <laughs> Elder <laughs> so Stahl, would be,
1: ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, there's an interview with Sal Khan of Khan Academy. What did he do with 100000000 bucks? million? We'll tell you about it. Hang tight. Okay.
6: just like a credit card, or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org.
0: With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right,
1: there was an interview done with Sal Khan. Sal Khan is of Khan Academy, and it's on personalized learning, a global diploma, and how he'd spend a hundred million dollars. If you don't know about the founder uh, of Khan Academy, every founder has a startup story. Sal Khan famously starts in his closet. Yeah, in fact, Khan may have one of the most celebrated closets in the world. For the few who don't already know the origin story of Sal Khan, he was uh, teaching his cousin. He was doing tutoring sessions with his cousin to help with math. And that catapulted into Khan Academy, which now boasts more than 10 million learners per month worldwide, watching its free instructional videos online in over 18 languages. The author says, I count myself among them. Khan Academy, a nonprofit organization, has democratized access to instructional resources and fundamentally changed how students deal with curriculum and how they deal with content knowledge. And they have developed an understanding of intellectual concepts and the workings of the world around them. A March 2014 study talked about high educational satisfaction with students and instructors. 71% of students surveyed reported that they enjoyed using Khan Academy, and 65% of teachers, including 72% of educators, believe that Khan Academy has helped them help their struggling students. And innovation has been crucial to the platform's longevity, Creating new context and new use cases for its offerings. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. Great article. But the reason that I bring it up, folks, is people are changing the educational world. And it's moving so fast you get whiplash if you're not careful. But I will say this. It is tremendous to see. And the more self-guided your education is, the less expensive it is. The more involvement you have from teachers and people who are interactive with you, the more expensive it becomes. But there are people who are filling the sweet spots, and I'm telling you right now, the folks in Virginia, where the 80% of the government employees getting the highest amount of money are in government education, that's not where the leadership's happening, folks. I'm telling you that right now. Anyway, I found that interesting, um, Eldon, and you might want to comment on that, but I found that really interesting. You got a guy in a closet who changed the game. You got John Burt Society, who everybody wants to attack, literally changing the game and leading the way. These are two examples of real innovation, and all the government bureaucrats and wannabes and professional do-gooders and educrats and everybody everywhere else is just taking everybody's money and they're not involved in innovation at all. But people like the JBS and Kata Academy at the forefront of this incredible, uh, what do you want to call it, renaissance, evolution, solution? Yeah,
2: yeah definitely. Uh, you know, homeschooling itself uh, has gone up quite significantly uh, recently, and I don't know how you exactly classify Khan Academy, uh, whether it's homeschooling or what have you, but uh, uh, you know there's so much innovation going on, and people looking for other options that uh, it's really an exciting time if you're if you're a consumer, in, in that sense, but looking for what is the best solution for our family, for our children, for our niece and nephew, whatever it is, and what do we actually want. In education, uh, Maybe we shouldn't just take the cookie-cutter thing that the government offers us and say, well, I, I guess they must know what's best for us and let's, let's take what they're offering, um, despite all the drawbacks we know. Um, let's be more informed consumers. Let's look at the options and let's try to find something that's going to actually prepare our children for uh, being successful in life rather than uh, train them to be just kind of uh, government automatons or whatever. <laughs> so uh, we've seen FBA, uh, I think it was 56% growth over last year, this year, just a mass exodus. They had to delay the start of school for a week because there's so much interest. So that's you know just one example, right?
1: one example but it's shocking and it's repercussions ladies and gentlemen and we want our listeners to stay on top of it all remember this is liberty roundtable live uh it is solutions radio okay we don't leave you hanging we don't leave you wondering we bring up a lot of problems some people say this program is negative i believe it's not negative we got to find out where we are to find out where we want to go and to acknowledge the problems that we face as part of the solution you know what if you don't understand a problem why would you try to fix it is the idea And uh, so I really want people to understand it's about acknowledging the problems. Hey, we live in perilous times, folks. There's no doubt about it. But at the same time, the future looks bright to those who are innovative, to those who put their shoulder to the wheel, to those who uh, make a difference and get involved and, and work at the answers. And you look at Khan Academy and you say, how did it all of a sudden become a place where over 10 million people are learning for free? Man, okay, I don't know what you want to call mm-hmm. it in terms of learning. Call it a, a tutoring system. Call it a whatever you want. Homeschool. Call it a self-promoted educate. Whatever word you want to use, I don't know. I don't care. I'm just telling you, hey, over 10 million people with an incredible uh, two-thirds support rate of this thing is fantastic kind of stuff. Um, and then you get your project with the John Burt Society, the Freedom Project Academy, Freedom Project Education, freedomprojecteducationfpeusa.org. Um, and they're inexpensive solutions where you can do it at home. You can decide in the younger grades and get Fridays off or get extra tutoring. Uh, In the upper grades, you can have a very flexible schedule so your kids can learn to work. They can do an apprenticeship. Uh, They can help at home. They can uh, do work experience and other uh, innovative educational opportunities. They could uh, use that and then do Khan Academy for support. I mean, there's so many options, so inexpensive. The average cost to go to government school is like $13,000 a year or more now.
2: Yeah, it's it's massive. I, I, You know, if you compare that to uh, many private schools, that's what – I mean, you could send a child to a, a pretty good private school for what is actually being spent per child per year to go, send them to government school. And in actuality, it, it's really not that great of an education to, to go to these government schools.
1: Well, there's a headline I got, and I don't know much about it, but here's what it says. School opens grocery store for students and their families, accepts good deeds for payment. Think about that for a minute. Wow. The things people are doing are incredible. And I think the most important thing to understand about this is, you know, rejecting the status quo, thinking outside the box is the way somebody would call it, is the key to this exercise. Right. I mean, whoever thought a JBS would be an edu- educational partner? Well, yeah,
2: you know what? It only those who it, innovate. Right. Right. Well, you know, uh, the founder of Jumper study, Robert Welch, he, he originally had this vision. This is back in the 50s, but it didn't really materialize until uh, just recently with the Internet. But they started back in the 70s with uh, uh, what would you call it a summer camp program for once once a year for a week for high school level and that lasted for 35 years but uh, you know it was only recently where they said okay let's actually we need to expand this into an actual school uh, long term of course they want to do university level and all that but we'll see how soon that is there you have it and he, I said, bring... uh, he said education is our total strategy truth is our only weapon that's kind of a neat phrase
1: well And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And this is really kind of what I think is important to understand. What do you want your children to learn? Who do you want your children to become? Listen to this headline. Eight-year-old grilled about gender. Parents sue school. Boy repeatedly detained and asked if he thinks he's a girl. A school district in Oregon is being sued after a teacher repeatedly grilled an 8-year-old about gender. That's what's going on in your government schools, ladies and gentlemen, and it's time to wake up and realize what's going on. If we're not careful, in my opinion, generationally speaking, it'll be too late, Eldon.
2: Yeah, there's just crazy stuff going on in the schools at this point. Uh, Turning kids into activists for uh, the, the New World Order, whatever you want to call it, uh, this is just, uh, I would say, abusive, getting getting kids to say, hey, you know, I think I'm a girl, I think I'm a boy, when they're really not. Um, that's, that's pretty dangerous. Uh, that's certainly putting a wedge between the parent and the child. Terrible stuff.
1: Well, and when you say, and they're not, we're talking scientifically they're not.
2: Well, they're not. Okay. Yeah, it, they're just not. And, 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 I, and I bring that say, up well, specifically on science.
1: purpose because I want to highlight this reality. It's not like it's an opinion. They are scientifically not right. Yeah. It.
2: I. I mean, for a moment, I know it's hard to believe we're even discussing this, right? Right. Right. So here we are. But but that's the power of education, right? Uh, and really, it stems out of cultural Marxism. Getting uh, just Marxism has always been about changing society. Uh, this is a, a major thing, getting rid of the, you know, Mark's specifically called for ab- abolishment of the family. If you can get people to question their gender, to change their gender surgically or hormones, whatever, uh, certainly that, that is a big blow to the family.
1: All right. Well, that school I mentioned, by the way, that, that allows payment for grocery store. You can get fundamental basic items for your family if you do good date, good deeds like cleaning the school, and et cetera. You can clean around the school building. That's all happening in Texas. Texas high school opens grocery store that accepts good deeds for payments. That's a fascinating concept, folks. Then you could get it underwritten uh, by philanthropists and other people and pay for education. There's so many unique ways to um, deal with this. I I just find it fascinating in its repercussions. And more and more and more Americans are starting to realize that, you know what? There are creative ways to do education folks. It's, it's okay. We used to have apprenticeships. We used to have all kinds of other ways for people to become uh, valuable contributors to society, but not lose their soul in the process. And that's really what this comes down to. Do you want your kids to lose your soul to indoctrination and propaganda An eight year old being drilled down by the teacher saying, do you think you're a girl? Are you a girl? You, you really kind of seem like a girl. You're kind of feminine. Are you sure you're not a girl? Are you what on earth? Are we talking about at tax? hair's expense, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to get yes. bold. It's time to stand up. It's time to take charge of not only your child's health but your child's uh, education. Eldon, final words, yours, sir.
2: Well, I just want to thank you so much for having me on, Sam. It's uh, uh, real, real good to, to chat with you about these pressing issues. Uh, I would of course encourage anybody to go and check out the John Birch Society, jbs.org. Check out Freedom Project Academy, fbeus Uh If you're online, of course, you can call uh, the JBS, uh, 800-JBS-USA-1, and uh, I'd be happy to chat with you uh, or somebody else in, in your area that's a coordinator can certainly do that, too.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the great news is answers are everywhere you got to look for them. you got to go to the right media solutions to hear about them. And then you've got to double down and take part in them. And they will make a tremendous difference for you and your family. It is about God, family, and country. It is about the protection of life, liberty, and property. It is about self-governing individuals demanding their government obeys the proper role of constitutional, rule of law, limited government. We the people are in charge. By our consent are we governed. We only give consent to the proper role of constitutional government, ladies and gentlemen. For Sam Bushman, and our incredible guest, who is a field coordinator for the John Burt Society, he's new, but not new to the concept of liberty, I'll tell you that. Eldon Stahl. God save the republic.